0: Welcome to the Guard Nation podcast, bringing you the most up to date and relevant information while you recruit and serve. Hello, recruiters, and
1: welcome to another episode of Guard Nation. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class Zipporah Baez from the great state of New York, and it's my pleasure to bring you a great episode. Today, we are joined by Second Lieutenant Christina Meredith, who has lived her own Cinderella story. She brought herself up out of poverty and homelessness, became a college graduate, during which she was a member of the Army National Guard simultaneous membership program. She formed a nonprofit, became Miss California, and authored a book titled Cinder Girl, My Journey Out of Ashes to a Life of Hope. Welcome, Second Lieutenant Meredith, thanks for joining us. And congratulations are in order since you recently received your commission virtually.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, it took me 19 years to get that goal accomplished. Uh, so thank you. It's a long time coming. I'm so excited to, Good. to be a butterfly, honestly.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, it, you create your own time.
0: Go ahead. So I grew up um, in foster care in Florida with 10 siblings, and we were we were all separated. And, you know, even when I was in, in and out of homes, I did JRTC in high school at Meads High School. Um, and it was a Navy program, and I fell in love. So it was the first thing I was good at. And I just, I just, I did everything. I was captain of the rifle team, captain of the orienteering team, captain of the sailing team, captain of the drill team, you name it. I was, I was on it and I was doing it. And, um, that's when I decided, you know, at 14, freshman year of high school, I decided I wanted to be an officer in the military. And so all four years, um, I did RTC. And I applied for all all the RTC scholarships that I could, um, and I applied to all the military academies. But because I had been through so much abuse and so much trauma through foster care and and a, growing up as a little girl, my I wasn't you know good at school. Basically, I was a C student. Um, I excelled in athletics, but mediocre in academics. And so all of my peers uh excelled in in all areas and so of course I didn't get the artistic scholarship and I got rejected from all the Academy. Um, but you know, when you're not a quitter, you're just undeterred. And so, several years later I enlisted in the Army with the intent to turn my enlistment into a commission. And so, you know, um, I think growing up the way that I did and in, in graduating high school at 18 and aging out of foster care and becoming homeless um, and writing down my dreams And just really fighting for that and still warring every day, uh, you know, it's kind of gotten to me where I am today. And, and, you know, part of of a big part of my story is the military, and especially, you know, commissioning two months ago was just, I just love it. I just freaking love the Army.
1: (laughs) Wow, what an amazing journey. Well, how did you stay positive through all of these hardships and keep your eyes on the prize? What did you do?
0: You know, when I was homeless living in my car, I wrote down my dreams of all the things, which, of course, were to become an officer, to reform foster care, to start a nonprofit, to write a book, um, and I read my Bible every day. And so my faith has played a huge role into my life, and I just decided that I didn't want to be anything like my biological family, and I didn't want to be anything like um, the abusive people in my life, and I just was going to war against all that was evil and be good and so really when I was homeless at 8, 18 and 19 I just decided that's who I was going to be and I wrote out a 20 a year plan of of what I wanted to do um, and that's when I started writing my book, Cinderella, which is now a bestseller and it's now being developed into a, a movie so, you know, really excited right. about that and wow, it's just been yeah, yeah, so I think you know, I think it's really important when you're in hard circumstances, when you're in when you're in situations that look so hopeless that you remember that circumstances can change. And if you write if you've got dreams, if you've got goals, if you have a vision for your life, it doesn't matter what it looks like around you, you can attack that and accomplish it as long as you don't quit. See, that's the thing is you can't quit. It might take you nineteen years. It took me nine I decided I want to be an officer in the military at fourteen. I just commissioned at thirty three. Took me So that's okay. Nine and, yes, exactly. So dreams take a long time. I knew I was going to write my book when I was homeless. I didn't get, I didn't sign with HarperCollins until 2016. And then my book wasn't published in 2019. And last year I was on a full-blown national book tour. So things, things take time. And so I think, you know, I just held on to the hope in, in knowing that if I didn't quit, I could, I could get to that place. Hard work and with, with fe- fearless faith. And with a tenacity to just drive in and press into the uncomfortable, you can accomplish anything. And so I think um, my mentality from when I was homeless to now has really chiseled that out of me to just never quit on anything.
1: Wow. Well, time is very valuable
0: and I must say, you
1: create your own timeline. It's not Mm -hmm. mandatory for us to, you know use someone else's timeline and measure our success through then. No, you have definitely created your own timeline and accomplished so much. So I am so proud of you. That is Thank a you. lot to go through. Yes. Um, but I would like to know about your foundation. Tell me about the service mm-hmm. that you provide and, and what it took to start.
0: Yeah, so Christina Merritt Foundation, uh, we're a national non-profit and we are an NGO and um, basically, I, so I guess I should back up a little bit. So after I was homeless, I worked as a bartender for many, many years, saved up all my money, got custody of my little sister, um, who was getting into some issues with some, with boys and drugs. And so I decided, well, I want to start a nonprofit. I want to write a book. Let's leave Florida and let's drive cross country to Los Angeles where dreams come true, right? Isn't that what we always hear, L.A., it's the land We do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I drove across country to L.A., and uh, ended up in in uh, Ventura and was bartending at the Whaler, which is this old famous dirty bar in Venice Beach. Wow. And one day when I was in Whole Foods, a pageant recruiter came up to me and said I should compete in the Miss California pageant. And I laughed because I had been a tomboy my whole life. I mean, I was, you know, ROTC, just tomboy, just not pageant here. I didn't even go to prom. I worked a double at Firehouse Subs my senior year on prom night. Like, oh my God, not, here you are. Yeah, not, <laughs> not that girl. So I. So I just threw it in my bag and ignored it, and then when I got home, I looked up the, the pageant, and then I realized this could be the opportunity for me to accomplish my mission of reforming foster care. This could be my opportunity to really make a change for kids like me. And so with that Good thought, I did it. I competed um, for the city of Miss Ventura, and I won, and then I competed in Miss California, and I won. And so shortly after winning the, the state crown, I started uh Christina Miller Foundation in two thousand thirteen. And since then we have partnerships with HUD, ACF. Um, um, we have partnerships with leadership all across Texas. We are doing we are spiriting the homelessness initiative, the adoption all in challenge that just came out from the executive order uh through through Secretary Lynn Johnson and and the, and the administration, we're spearheading um, human trafficking recovery efforts and uh, victim recovery programs, education. and building charter schools in San Antonio and eventually throughout the country for our for our low-income um, families and, and children so they can break the cycle of poverty and abuse. And so, CMF is is all about partnering with organizations, private, and government in the community to really break the cycle and to really give our families and our kids the opportunity to have the American dream. And so if we wrap around, if we partner together is, is a unified front, we can really break the chains that, that make up. You know, former foster youth, 80% of them are in prison. And the human trafficking, 85% of human trafficking victims are former foster youth. And right. the statistics for PTSD, were 65% more likely to have PTSD than combat, combat veterans. And so, you know, we CMF wars on all fronts simultaneously to really move the needle for our families and kids, and I think that's what's so unique about us is that it's not about CMF; it's about all of us partnering together as one team. And I and I just love what we do, and I and I love that you know God's given me the ability to make change in in communities. Um, and right now we're working on Christina's Law, uh, which is a is you know about more stricter, harsher punishments for child rape and human trafficking. So, because I experienced that as a little girl, so we're really excited about that. Having Congress work with us and the state, Texas state leadership, work with us. And so, you know, we do a we do a lot. And the whole mission for CMF is, like I said, is to break the cycle of poverty and abuse. And so, our kids can grow up and they can dream big and they can have that foundation and support and they can have adoption through whole healthy families. So they can have education. And so I'm very proud of of where our where you know my foundation started, and where we are today as a team, um, which is a team of thousands of people across the country, and private organizations, and government entities that just say yes, we're all in on helping our children and our families be better for for the community, because we're America, and this is what we do.
1: Right. Like, oh, my God, that was just so much to take in. And Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. You are living within your purpose. It's unfortunate that you had to go through a hardship to get there, but what would you tell kids who are younger than you, you -hmm. know, that might be in similar situations that you've been in, what would you
0: tell them? How would you handle that? You know, I, I get the privilege and the honor to speak to millions all over the country, and my favorite Audience is always speaking to the kids, and I, and this is what I always say. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What, what vision do you have for your life? Do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a CEO? Do you want to be a music artist? Do you want to be, you know, special forces? Do you want to be a mom? Do you want to be a husband? Do you want to own your own business? I mean, what is it that, that you want to be? And then they write it down. And then I tell them if they stay the course, if they make good grades, if they stay disciplined, if they, whatever, they have to write a task list out of whatever it takes to get to that goal and they, they don't quit, they follow through, they can achieve it. They can achieve anything. And so I always tell my kids, you know, dream big and work hard. Because if you dream big and you work hard, you're, you, you'll make it. It might take you a decade, so what? You'll still get there. You know, and so I encourage people to, to dream bigger, and to to realize that the tenacity of the American spirit is a is a force that is unstoppable and to be reckoned with, and just the posturing that we have um, is just it. We can we can do anything. We can accomplish anything. And so I always tell my kids that. Oh,
1: that's amazing. You are resilient, and it's great that you're using your platform to share this with so many people. This is amazing. So, what I would like to put uh, for the next step with is, now that we know that you you know what your story is, let's talk about the S and P program.
0: Oh um, yeah, I love when, the S and P program. Yeah,
1: see, when did you decide to join the military?
0: So, so like I said, I did uh, four years of RTC in high school, and I wanted to be an officer then, um, but I got rejected from all the academies and and the RTC scholarship, and so I didn't enlist until my mid twenties. Um, and I enlisted, and I tra- I decided to go with the army because the army would pay for my schooling while I was serving as a Seaburn 34 Delta um, at, at my National Guard unit. And so I went to University of Florida, and I said, "If I enlist, do you give me your word, Colonel Cortez, <laughs> that you will contract me to be a cadet?" And he looked me in the eyes and he said, "Yes." And I said, Roger right it sir." I'm headed to BCT. I'll see you in seven months. <laughs> so I went to the Army National Guard with my, and I told them I wanted to be an officer, and they told me about the ROTC program. Um, okay. And the SMP program, and so that's when I went to UF, and I went to uh, Colonel Cortez, who ran, who runs the UF program, and I said, hey, that's what I want to do, sir. I want to be an officer, but this is my route to get there, so I'll enlist, but only if you promise that you're going to contract me as a cadet so I can be an SMP member while working towards the commission. And he goes, Roger, too easy. And I was like, okay. So with that, I, I enlisted as a 74 Delta, went to Fort Leonard Wood. And then as soon as I got back, UF contracted me as an, well, not as soon, but a few months later, takes a little time, you know how, how it goes. Um, they contracted me as an SNP uh, non-scholarship cadet at the University of Florida. And so it was great. I was serving at the 146 ESB. Um, uh, battalion in, in Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, I was driving two hours to, every morning I'd wake up and have to drive two hours to Gainesville um, for PT at 530, and then I had to drive back two hours, and And I was committed, you know, I did that for three and a half years, because you do whatever it takes, you have to do whatever it takes, and um I was just undeterred, and I knew that with the S&P program and UF allowing me to be a cadet there, and uh and get my degree, you know you just have to sacrifice, and so that's what I did. I just sucked it up, and I would wake up at three 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 thirty in the morning and head right out the door so I could make p t for r o t c p t three times a week and um and then I would do you know national guard duties, and we were constantly activated for hurricanes because, you know that's Jacksonville, Florida is always we're always getting hit by those guys, so I got great experience I was in the top most of my um enlisted career basically. The S-3 shop the entire time, which was great, because I learned a lot. And now I'm with the 625th um, Signal Company out here in Austin, Texas, and learning a lot as a platoon leader, and it's just great. You know, I, I love everything about what the S&P program offered for me. It was a great fit for me and where I was at in life, and just the ability to serve as a, as a soldier um, with the 146th ESB battalion at the same time, you know, be a cadet at University of Florida. It was just, it was hard, it wasn't easy, but it was worth it, because all my dreams came true, you know. I'm finally commissioned, finally made it happen. I have a question. So what was that deciding factor
1: for you to take the SMP path with the Army National Guard over the other branches?
0: You know, I think for me, I realized that the SMP program, I didn't, I I, I looked into the other branches, I didn't see anything that, that would f- that fit what I need at the time because I was still writing Cinder Girl. I was still, you know, traveling the country, speaking um, about child welfare and PTSD and trauma awareness, and you know, I was I was still juggling all the things um, while writing Cinder Girl. At this time, I was still writing my book, and it was just the perfect timing, and it just offered me the ability. I was like, if I don't do it now, I'll never do it, and uh, I just pulled the trigger, and and the S and P just worked out for me because it, it allowed me to. To it allowed me to like take out two birds with one stone, right? And so that for me, on a personal level, was just what was best for me in my life. And so the S and P program can be really utilized uh, for for people who who want to serve and get their degree, or who want to serve and um, commission and become something else when, once they commission. And so I just think it just fit perfectly for my lifestyle and where I was at, and the other branches didn't have that, they didn't. They couldn't offer me that. I don't think there's anything else like the SMP program in other branches to my knowledge. Not outstanding. So another question for you. How did your experiences,
1: we've already talked about, including the starting of your foundation, add to your ability to lead as an officer in the United States Army National Guard?
0: I think, you know, this is my heart, I'm a servant leader in and out of uniform and so being able to serve my country at a national level through policy and legislation, and being able to serve my community through boots on the ground, helping children and families, um, gives me that extra ability to see the needs and the hearts of others. And so, when I'm with my soldiers or with soldiers in general, I want to ensure that they are being taken care of, that they have their needs met. How is it? How is their home life? How are their finances? How are they emotionally and mentally? Uh, because that's what I do in my civilian job. I co- I'm constantly, you know, mitigating risk for children and families. What do they need to be successful? And so it's easy for me to translate that into, you know, when I'm when I'm around my my soldiers. Um, because I just want them to be successful. And how do how do they be successful? Well, me serving them, me ensuring that they have what they need. And so I think uh, with the foundation and just what I do on a day-to-day basis, it's very, like I said, it's very easy to t- transfer that skill set into, you know, being an officer, which I take very sober-mindedly and very seriously because, you know, these men and women are, they're in my care. I'm a steward of their lives. And we all know about training accidents and going down range and being prepared. And so I I take very seriously, um, you know, ensuring that every T is crossed and every I is dotted to ensure safety and to ensure that my soldiers know exactly what they're doing and they're doing what they should be doing. So when we do get activated and we do go downrange, or when we are doing a training exercise, we we do our job and we, when we go home safely. And so I think for me, I'm just very sober-minded about, you know, ensuring that people are taken care of, that everyone has their needs met so they can be the best that, that they can be.
1: No, that's that's great. Taking care of people inside of uniform, outside of uniform, overall, mm-hmm. taking care of you, you know, mm-hmm. making sure that everybody is prepared and just mm-hmm. know what they need you know, to be successful. That's that's great. Uh, one more thing. What advice would you give to other people who are looking to enter into the military through the SMP program?
0: Oh, I'd say pull the trigger. Just do it. <laughs> this in this world, in this life. In this life, you know, opportunities come and then opportunities go. And if you, if you have the ability to to enlist and get contracted through a, through an RTC program where you are, do it. Will it be easy? No. But will it be worth it? Yes. It will challenge you and chisel a lot of grittiness in you, um, and it'll teach you how to how to how to be effective with your time. It'll teach you how to. It'll just. Create character and integrity that you would not have otherwise. And so I am all for young people and people who are older, in their in their late 20s, in their young 30s, just do it. I mean, but there's no better time than now. And so I always tell people, I was speaking to a young girl, one of my men- mentees yesterday, about the SMP program. Um, because I just think it's so versatile and it can fit into so many people's lives. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about it, just just go ahead and full speed ahead.
1: I love it. I love your advice, your response so direct. And you know, I was a recruiter for years, so I totally get it, you know, that way as well. Like, listen, let's do this. Yeah. You already know what you want to do. Let's just come on, pull the trigger, like you said. Pull the first Yeah. So lastly, this is just a general question. You've done so much you've accomplished, so much. What's next for you? Where can we expect to see your name next? <laughs> <Where laughs> Second lieutenant.
0: <laughs> well, you know i I will continue to serve um, as a signal intelligence officer here in Texas for the next four years, and I'll continue to, you know, war every day for our children and our families. Um, in child welfare, uh, here in Texas and nationally, with CMF, my foundation, and you know, I'm writing another book, so you'll see another book come out next year. And um, I'm eventually gonna, you know, run for office so I can make real, real change. But you know, that's once I get out of the army. So right now, you know, just expect another book and expect expect to see me make huge changes um, for our families and our communities at the legislative le- level, federally and and, and locally. Um, and then, you know, CMF keeps growing. Look out for charter schools. There's all kinds of things. I mean, I'm juggling all the things. So just keep, you'll, don't, don't worry, you keep hearing my name. It ain't going to stop. <laughs> just a great train ain't stopping <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> we'll
1: be doing a follow-up. We'll, we will definitely do a follow-up. You know, you contact us, let us know. You know, hey, I have some big things going on. It's
0: growing. Yeah, once you the know, movie gets solidified and once we start moving on that, that's a great, you know, Cinder Girl movie is going to be really humbling and we'll get the mission out there more for our kids and hopefully inspire people. And um, yeah, so for sure, we'll, we'll follow up on that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, ma'am, thank you.
1: You have. Such an inspiring story, and I'm glad that we have you as a member of the Army National Guard. I wish we could spend more time chatting, but we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks also to our listeners. Stay tuned for
0: the next episode of Guard Nation. Thank you for having me with an honor.
1: First round, knockout, knockout. Talk at a town on the black cash, cash in, cash out, cash out. hands up, down. Whoa. You oh, can't move to man.